When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you can succeed in sports, and when I say succeed, I don't mean just perform thoughtfully and score a lot of points. I mean, if you can succeed as a teammate, you're going to figure out how to be a good teammate in the workplace. If you can succeed to pick somebody up when they're down, you're going to probably succeed better as a father when you got to pick your kid up. So, you know, these lessons are really critical because I think they're really ironed out and on full display in sports. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacor from the Reform Sports Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Adam Newman, the Chief of Staff and Special Advisor to the President from the Baltimore Ravens. Prior to joining the Ravens in 2023, Newman served as the Chief of Staff for Strategy and Operations and Deputy Counsel for the Big Ten Conference. Adam and I discuss his career path, the important lessons you learn from sports, and how to instill better values in youth sports. I got a freaking awesome guest. Chief of Staff, Special Advisor to the President of the Baltimore Ravens, Adam Newman. Adam, man, great to connect. Thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you, brother. It's good to be here and uh, always great to talk to friends. Well, I appreciate you, man. I love your energy. Hey, oh, new, new gig. You were with the Big Ten. I mean... Real quick for the audience, I mean, you got this wonderful new gig, you're from Maryland, all this going on. Can you give us a background as to how the hell you ended up, you know, with the Ravens and the role you're in now, your previous background within the Big Ten and kind of what got you here? Yeah, I think, you know, life is about relationships and it's about really giving it your all and doing the right thing. Um, And that's sort of, I think, been the story of my career. You know, I'm a lifelong uh, Baltimorean at heart. My grandfather was the longest working employee ever in the history of the state of Maryland uh, for over 60 years working bridges, uh, graduating at Johns Hopkins at like age 20 back when that was possible. And then sort of grinded through that and just stayed in that job and did great work for the state of Maryland. And that's always been in my blood, always a lifelong Orioles Ravens fan. My parents are University of Maryland alums and always felt close to that connection to that school and sports was just really big in my family and uh, I certainly was not athletically gifted enough to pursue any sort of career uh, in athletics but I always wanted to be near athletics and I believed that sports was a reminder that people could be bigger than themselves. And 
And I think nowadays you really need that reminder. It's a permission to dream. That's that's what sports really is. It, it shows you that you can reach deeper too. And uh, I wanted to be around that. I wanted to touch that. And I was blessed uh, to serve as a legal intern for the Minnesota Vikings and worked my butt off and established a close relationship with uh, then uh, Chief Operating Officer uh, Kevin Warren, who ended up becoming the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. And at the time, I was working as a, as a lawyer at Simpson Thatcher and Capital Markets when he made the call to me. And uh, it even started prior to that, when I was at Yeshiva University as an undergrad, I was making $24,000 a year as a fellow, and they allowed me to sit in some of the board meetings. And that's a credit to the president of the university, but that's where I met Mr. Mark Wilf. Uh, who owned the Vikings and connected me to to Mr. Kevin Warren at the time and uh, worked really hard as a legal intern. Uh, kind of always wanted to be that sticky note if Kevin Warren ever moved from the Vikings and said, hey, I need somebody to help. And that's sort of what happened. And uh, he left to be the commissioner of the Big Ten, which you might remember was a surprise to a lot of folks. Sure. Uh, I think other folks with more collegiate experience, I, thought, I think we're sort of the front runners, but Kevin blew him away, which is not surprising, and met with those presidents and chancellors and did incredible work at the Big Ten Conference over the last four years and now finds himself as the president of the Chicago Bears when he decided to move. Um, I kind of thought I really want to break back into professional sports. And uh, this opportunity came uh, thanks to you know President Sashi Brown and Eric DaCosta and the incredible owner Steve Bishotti and the opportunity to return home where I have you know three grandparents living, including my grandfather, who I mentioned. Um, two brothers, uh, my bro- both my brothers who I love dearly and their kids, six nieces and nephews, both my parents, uh, tons of friends and family, and uh, of course, a great 7-Eleven uh, that I've been patronizing uh, for, for many years. Um, uh, it's just a, an incredible opportunity to be back. Man, I love it, dude. Love your energy, and I love how you brought up the word relationships, because I mean, that's something we talk about a lot, and quite frankly, I'm always someone speaking a lot about the doors that can open as a result of sport participation. And, you know, nowadays it seems like, and I don't want to just say nowadays because, I mean, kids dream. I I love how you said that too. Sports gives you the opportunity to dream. But let's face it, not everyone can play in the Big Ten. Certainly not everyone can play in the NFL. Hell, not even kids can be Division three athletes like I was, you know, or junior college. Like, you know, sports ends at the highly competitive levels for everybody at some point, the question is when doesn't mean you can't take that experience and find a path in sports or in anything and you leverage those relationships to help you find your passion, your career, um, and whatever space that is. So, you know, what is it about your experience growing up that made you find your passion in sports and, and helps you propel to get to where you are now? Yeah, I think it's really the lessons you learn in sports, right? I mean, I was always part of organized sports. I can't, I don't think I have a memory of childhood not doing something, whether it was a a Jewish community center soccer league or playing volleyball or Newcomb during color war, if that's still a sport, if it is a sport, I apologize. I just don't know. Um, You know, playing flag football, tackle football, basketball, tennis. Again, I say playing loosely. Please, please don't think of me as some gazelle running down the field. That's not what it was, but just, you learn so much playing sports. You learn how to win and what that means. You learn how to be gracious. You learn how to pick up your teammates. You learn how to control your fire and your anger and your passion. You learn how to get better, right? You start saying to yourself, you know what, I want to I want to start dribbling better. So next thing you know, you're watching the television at 9 o'clock at night and you got two basketballs and you're just dribbling them as much as you can. So it feels like it's like on a string for a certain point. Uh, I, I remember when 
I started growing and my father wanted to change my jump shot because I was shooting from the waist and I needed to elevate that more, you know, to a more professional jump shot. And I remember the hours I spent perfecting that and getting better and, you know, becoming a better three point shooter. So there's just so many pieces of life that when I look at it, I say, well, when's that time that I really remember feeling out of gas or pushing a little harder than I thought I could or picking up a teammate or any of these type of examples that folks have in sports. And I think that's what makes it so powerful. And that's what made me want to be around it. And uh, having that as the baseline for your subject matter every day, it's just a, it's a huge opportunity to put a smile on your face when you wake up because you know that you're working in an area where there's growth, where there's potential and where people, like I said, are keep on dreaming. How do we take, because everything you're saying, not only do I agree with, it's one of the reasons I started the reform sports project, because it seems like We've lost our way. You know, I know things change with time. There's adaptation. Things evolve. Sports has evolved. The industry has evolved. Quite frankly, Adam, it's very infrequent now where kids are playing different sports in different seasons. Every single sport is year-round. It's very unique to have strong local community leagues like like recreation sports. Everything is travel, which is great. There's a lot of advantages and things that come with that. But as someone who is working in, I mean, let's face it, the premier, you know, how many kids aspire to go play in the Big Ten, right? The Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, all these major power five, quote unquote, conferences, even though there's conference realignment all the time. You know, there's a trickle down effect, right? Kids want to go play at Ohio State. They want to go play at, you know, whatever the hell it is, you know, at Clemson, you know, I know it's the ACC, but they want to go play at Michigan. They want to go play at these big time power schools. They see kids now getting NIL money and that's now happening even in high school ranks. You know, um, what is the impact that you think has transpired with the changes that you're seeing, particularly at the Big Ten or in these major power conferences? How do you think that may be impacting youth sports, right? Because it's costing so much money. There's so much more of a chase to, to go D1 and play at this level and the pressure, pressure, pressure. You know, is there anything that you've seen that has, that has negatively come as a result of the big shining star that's on major college sports? Yeah, I think anytime the emphasis is money and something as pure as what sports should be at its fundamental piece, I think you lose something. So the more that that trickles down to even, like you said, like the junior ranks and everything becomes about, you know, winning and losing and growing, I think you really, you lose some of the purity of the sport and you lose some of the love of the sport um, of why people seek to be great. I mean, you brought up travel teams. I'll be, I'll be totally frank with you. My nephew's on a travel baseball team. I love him to death. When I was growing up, he would not have been on a travel team. There's just no way in hell. Travel was reserved for almost really elite players. And I think the marketing now is so funny. Like everyone's on the travel team almost because that's what's so important is winning and I was, I'll be completely straight with you. I, I could not believe I was at one of his games and each of the players had warm up music, like walking up to warm up music. And I was, I turned to my brother. I said, dude, this is wrong, man. I'm just telling you, you're not seeing it. And I'm telling you, there's something that's rubbing me the wrong way about this. Like I used to play basketball with shirts and skins and, uh, forgive me if that's inappropriate on this podcast, but that, that's the way we played at Towson basketball camp. That's how we played at Loyola, Maryland basketball camp. And, uh, my mom picked me up from camp and I was excited to be there and I was sweating through the roof in June in Baltimore. And uh, it just isn't that way anymore. And I think that if you distract folks from the beauty of the game of just playing for the sake of playing, I think it does detract from some of these lessons and what's important. So, you know, to your point, you look at even at the college ranks when you think about NIL, 
and the transfer portal, allowing folks to just kind of move around as quickly as possible. And in some ways, some would say, you know, avoiding certain commitments or moving around. And I'm not sure that all these rules are, are going to be solved in one day. And I'm not sure all the fixes and the band-aids are worthwhile. So I think to your point, we have to just keep reemphasizing that sports for sports. And if that ends up being Division One and the NFL and all those great things, that's terrific. But sports are for everyone, man. I mean, sports are not just for the, the, the 1%. And I mean, dude, it's really the 1%. The NCAA has a great commercial that, you know, 99% of student athletes do not become professional athletes. So, and I like to add, and by the way, of that 1%, I mean, only like 0.0001% are going to the NFL and the NBA. Some of those other folks are going you know, to, to different countries and not all of those are great for their families and not all of those provide great salaries. So when we talk about the folks that are actually making money and then once you're in the NFL, I don't need to tell you the statistics. I mean, what's the average? You're in the NFL for, for a few years and then you're out. I mean, so you really need to prepare kids to say sports is a part of your life, whether it's helping you make money or not. And if we're not doing that, we're doing a real disservice. I couldn't agree with you more, dude. And, and, you know, there was, you know, a recent situation um, that's been all over the news and it's really, you know, and, and I've been in enough locker rooms to, to see situations like this. But, you know, what, what's unfortunately, you know, taking place in the media now with with Northwestern, it's certainly not the, the only case where, you know, hazing has taken on, you know, a life of its own and it's really detrimental. But, you know, bullying, these things are are situations where. And I know we're talking about major collegiate sports been all over the headlines, you know, with Northwestern. But it, that stuff happens at all at all ages. And, you know, you mentioned being a great teammate earlier. Like, how are ways in which parents, you know, or at least, for instance, when you were in the Big Ten or even now in the professional, like, like, what are ways in which that, I guess, as leaders, right, as coaches, as administrators, we can go about trying to put measures in place to prevent these things from happening beforehand? Like, what's a way to maybe not allow that? Particularly, I mean, again, people hear these stories and they think it's funny and, you know, and, and you know, when you're younger to, to make fun of kids, you know, how kids are, it is what it is. I have six of my own and God almighty, five of them are boys and, and they're all over each other all the time, right? But there's a line. And when do we know when that line is crossed? Yeah, I think to begin, I would tell you that I think education starts in the home. Um, you know, so much of how I think folks turn out is a result of the folks that they're surrounded with. And primarily that's their siblings and their parents and their grandparents and their relatives. And they need to be taught what respect looks like at a very, very young age. And that respect needs to be, um, closely watched. And it has to be clear that, you know, a lot of people speculate and talk about, if you want to see how someone really is, like see how they're playing on the basketball court or see how they're playing on the football field, because sometimes you'll see people who are really kind and generous, but then suddenly they're on the field and they're suddenly not violent in a good way. Of course, it's good to be violent and hit people in the proper way. But I mean, you know, like you're alluding to like being a poor teammate and, you know, ranking on your fellow friend and and doing things that are sort of crossing that line. And I think, you know, there's no right answer. There is no bright line rule. So I think what you're, you're, you're speaking about, but I think Again, I think it's about educating people on the way they need to behave and the way they need to comport themselves on and off the field. And uh, that's a tall task when emotions are high and sweat is flowing and sometimes blood is flowing too. But it's something we got to rise up to because as, as we're talking about very clearly now, and I'm very serious about this, like sports are a metaphor for life, man. I mean, if you can succeed in sports, and when I say succeed, I don't mean just perform thoughtfully and score a lot of points. I mean, if you can succeed as a teammate, 
and you're going to figure out how to be a good teammate in the workplace, in the workforce. If you can succeed, you know, to pick somebody up when they're down, you're going to probably succeed better as a father when you got to pick your kid up. So, you know, these lessons are really, really critical because I think they're really ironed out and are really on full display in sports. I mean, some of my best memories, I wasn't even there for. They're just watching them on TV. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I remember there was a softball player um, and she, I think, broke her leg, like running th- through first base and the opposing team like picked her up, carried her and tapped her other foot on each base as she rounded second, third and home. Um, and it cost them the game. And I'm pretty sure had they not picked her up, they would have lost the game. So there were serious consequences. But you can't forget a moment like that. You almost feel like it's part of you. When we return, Adam and I dive into prioritizing lessons over performance when it comes to youth sports. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Where we left off, Adam and I were about to dive into personal responsibility and whose obligation it is to instill better values in youth sports. It starts at home, right? I mean, you're talking about accountability, and at least that's what I took away from what you were saying in that very beginning, their accountability. And it's so easy to get lost. I love how you keep bringing it back to extract you know, the lessons and it's so easy to get lost in the performance, the wins. Like if your kid's being a clown or not being a good teammate, but yet goes four for four in the baseball game, like, are we not going to address the fact that your kid was a bad teammate? Like that'd be the first thing that I would be correcting. I don't care how well 
or poor my kid performs. That doesn't matter. What matters is how they treat other people. Like rather than having a set of, of glasses on that's strictly looking at youth sports from a performance perspective, like they're in professional ranks, right? Where we're all being fans cheering for pro sports. Like let's, let's, let's separate the fact that these aren't professional athletes, that these are kids, they are learning. And like the NCAA uh, commercial is 99% of these kids are going to go professional in something else other than sports. Like, let's remember that the things that they learn along the way are what are going to serve them through life. It's really hard to keep that on the forefront. Are there things that are done, you know, in the big 10 or even in, you know, professional sports from your standpoint to help people or these athletes or even the parents, I don't know. Like, is there, is there education that's done to help people understand being present, putting things in perspective and, and how to compartmentalize, like, you know, the athletic piece versus the lesson piece? I think so for sure. And I think also I'll start even at the youth level. I remember my, my father coached many of my baseball teams. And again, it's so funny you mentioned this because I would have never thought about this. I don't even know who this person is, but there was this award um, in Wellwood Little League in Baltimore called the Mitchell David Award. I'm embarrassed to say I don't know who Mitchell David is. I'll have to look it up after this podcast. But the Mitchell David Award on our teams was more important than who won the MVP. I mean, the Mitchell David Award was like, I think if you won the MVP, you might get like an ice cream cone. If you won the Mitchell David Award, you were like taking out the dinner. And the Mitchell David Award was all about sportsmanship. So that's a coach thoughtfully thinking, yeah, it matters that we win. Of course, winning is huge. Winning, <laughs> winning is critically important. No one's denying that. I'm a fierce competitor and I firmly believe that, but how you are off the court and how you're doing as a teammate and who you're helping along the way. And are you cheering on your teammates? Are you helping teammates with issues? If a new teammate joins your team, are you helping them around? You know, I'm a new employee here in Baltimore. You know, there are so many people here that are going out of their way to help me do things that are like jokes to them. Like where are the thumbtacks? I don't know where that is. That's a big deal for someone to show you where that is. You know, that's a Mitchell David type experience. So that's on the youth level. I think what I've seen in the big 10 and, and, and certainly at the Ravens, but I'm really new here, is I think very similar things are valued by the better programs. And I'll say that even in the Big Ten. I think the best programs, the best football coaches, the best volleyball coaches, the best synchronized swimming coaches, they find a way to show value in ways other than winning um, and show you how to win on and off the field. You know, you see the NFL does that, obviously, with the Walter Payton Man of the Year um, and how big a deal that is. But I think individually with teams, when there are certain rewards that coordinators give or, you know, on the business side, if, if the president or other folks on the senior leadership team are awarding uh, folks for performance bonuses, but they're not just based on how much revenue you increased for the team. It's not just about how many expenditures you reduced for the team, but it's actually about other qualities like how kind you are to people, how inclusive you are to others. There are ways to put metrics on those things. And I would encourage everybody to get in the business of putting metrics and putting winning in the hands of other qualities, not just the precise way and not to focus on just the narrow bottom line. I think the more you do that, when that's the only goal, you find that those teams don't succeed as much. So it's interesting because, you know, more and more Youth sports is, is really turning into, it's the commercialization, it's the professionalization of youth sports. Like we mentioned the travel sport thing and, you know, kids are playing 75, 100 baseball games from a spring and summer, traveling over the country, getting NIL deals, really starting to mimic like a college, you know, we're getting personal trainers. We're, we're taking our kids to private workouts. We're, we're like, I've literally had guests on that said, yeah, I have parents call me and saying, you know, what's the best way 
to have my eight-year-old train like an 18-year-old. And it's like, you know, how do I want him to get a college workout? And it's like, well, he's eight, you know, like you're not supposed to, you know, but, but that's like what people are chasing. So it's, it's almost hard to separate, especially now, as you're seeing more and more athletes compensated and, you know, they're still working that out, right? With NIL, what's, you know, what's the right way to do it? What's the wrong way to do it? You know, how do we do so? Like do administrators, do people in charge at the collegiate ranks need to, of these conferences, do they, NCAA, do they need to like come out and, and like literally say, you sports are not the same, like cut the shit, part of my language. Like we can't be, you know, can't be trying to mimic what we're doing with it, you know, young adults versus young children. But like, how do you get that message across to parents and coaches, particularly the youth coaches who are, you know, who are, who are running these organizations? I think it's really hard. Um, you're talking now about like actual values. And when I talk about values, and this is just a personal piece, I'm like a big personal responsibility person. I think that sometimes we think too much. We ask for, whether it's the government or others, to dole out legislation or point out certain things. I don't know that it's on the NCAA or the NFL or any of those folks to really, you know, I mean, yes, they can they can be influential because they're they're big people and you know, they have influence on the world and on the world of sports. But I think a lot of it is, is again, I hate to take it back, is really going to be on parents and on communities and on churches and synagogues and other, you know, youth establishments and other communal folks to get around and say, what are the values of our family? You know, what is the responsibility of our family? I don't, I don't think we can just always rely on big organizations to kick out policy and say, well, it's up to you to really make sure that youth coaches aren't as tough or aren't expecting X, Y, and Z. I think we have to personally decide that this is something that we're not going to stand for at this level. And at seven years old, you know, I'm not going to, you know, schlep my kid to some travel camp because that's the only baseball game in town. We have to figure out, you know, another place. And if that means playing on a field that doesn't have, you know, perfect, you know, bases everywhere or perfect lines and the grass isn't neatly cut, that's okay. Because that was okay 20 years ago, right? That was okay 15 years ago. Yeah. Now we're talking about how everybody needs jerseys with their name on the back. I mean, I, I can't even, and I know it's cheaper to print. So, I mean, that was another thing I saw in my nephew's baseball game. I just couldn't believe it. Like, they have names on the back of their jerseys for a 10-year-old playing baseball? That's shocking to me. It just, uh, looking at it, just it read to me with warm-up music and names on the back that, like, what are we really focusing on right now? doesn't seem to me like we're focusing on those right things. But again... I'm not going to blame the league. I'm going to blame my brother. <laughs> I'm going to tell him, hey, buddy, like, I don't know why that's a thing. And I don't think that's going to set the right example and the right message. Dude, I love that answer. Like, stop looking for someone to guide you. Stop looking for big business or big leadership. Like, it starts in the home. It starts with making a, a decision that is far greater than just, you know, the small time frame your kids are playing a sport and really look at it from a vantage point of how do I want to help shape my child's character? Like what values do I want to instill in him or her? Um, and there's no greater influence than a parent, than a guardian of some sort. That's who's around the kid the most. Coaches are impactful, but, you know, I don't know if anyone's as impactful, certainly as as a parent or guardian. So I, I put the, putting the onus on, on that, I think is such a valid point, you know, because people nowadays, it just seems like, man, we want to find a scapegoat. We want to find a reason why things are screwed up. And Hey, tell me what, when sometimes we got to look in the mirror and just say, we're not going to deal with this anymore. We're going to put our foot down. We're going to do what's in the best interest of our child and our family. Cause we know at our core values, you know, what this is all about. 
And, and, and man, I just think that's a great point that we don't, we don't oftentimes do because it's a lot easier to blame other people. 100%. Well, tell me this, Adam, what can we expect from you going forward now with the Ravens? What are you going to be doing now on your day to day? Day to day is really just helping as much as I can. You know, I'm new when you're new in a job. I think the most important thing you can do is ask questions. I'm going around meeting as many people as I can, coffees, lunches, whatever it is that takes, just asking people what they do and how I can help. Um, working primarily on the business side, you know, across different sectors and assisting the president and, you know, all the different various industry points that are critical right now for the Ravens. And I think um, ultimately it's a, it's a great football team and a great football town, a great football organization, uh, a great fan base, uh, great colors. If I say so myself, I've always been a purple fan. <laughs> and uh, I think um, historically an incredibly consistent organization, two Super Bowls since inception. And uh, pretty much always competitive and, and a very fierce, tough brand of football. And anything we can do on the business side to, you know, help the, the team succeed, not only, again, as we've been speaking, on the field and winning games and beating the Steelers and winning the Super Bowl, um, <laughs> but also in addition to, to helping the community and giving back to the community, you know, making sure Purple Friday is special in Baltimore and ensuring that we're, we're speaking at local schools and ensuring that our athletes are really, you know, professionally speaking at different engagements and giving back to the community. I mean, that's that's what this town is all about. That's what drew me back to this town. And uh, I'm just so excited to keep meeting more people and, you know, helping in any way that I can. Where are you at? And so I know you're on social media, you're on Twitter. Where else can people find, connect with you and see what you're doing? You know, I'm on Twitter um, at Adam J. Newman and uh, other social media. I guess I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I like LinkedIn. It's fun to see other people's paths. I always encourage people when people say how to break into sports. I say, dude, there's a free resource. It's called LinkedIn. You literally can stalk people and see exactly what they did to get where they got. And then you can say to yourself, hey, maybe I should go to law school or, hey, maybe I need this master's degree or, hey, maybe I need this type of experience. So I'm a big LinkedIn fan just for, you know, connecting with people. Um, so those are probably the two primary ones, but I'm always open to have a conversation and, uh, I'm not a big sleeper. I preach it, but I don't do it. So I'm, I'm, I'm up a lot. So, you know, if people shoot me a text or you know a tweet or anything like that, I'm usually down to, to catch up and, you know, get to know people. Adam Newman, I am freaking stoked you came on. I can't thank you enough for sharing. Appreciate the insight, bro. I wish you nothing but continued success and uh, really appreciate you chiming in here. Thank you, brother. I hope we get to spend more time together soon and, you know, break bread and, you know, just keep grinding because that's that's really what it's all about. Like we said, this is about relationships and just appreciative of the opportunity to speak um, and, and hang out a little bit tonight. That's Adam Newman, Chief of Staff and Special Advisor to the President of the Baltimore Ravens. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review our podcast as we work to grow our community of supporters and advocates. For more Reform Sports content, please subscribe to our newsletter and blog at reformsportsproject.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.